Welcome everyone. Welcome. This is Mike. I'll be your host today for the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. How are you? Uh, let's get started by having everyone jump into the chat. Let us know where you're joining us from, possibly your business niche in case that's helpful for us. Hi Lynn from the, the chilly north. How are you, sir? And Annette from Seattle. Hey, everyone. Yep. I'll, I'll try to acknowledge everybody, but see. Well, I think what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to start uh, just introducing Sweet Dash. Normally, I give a little bit of a speech and I say, um, Sweet Dash is too big to give a webinar where we do a walkthrough uh, of, the, of the whole product. And that's probably true, but today, I think I'm going to try the impossible. We're going to start into a quick, as quick as possible walkthrough of the product, uh, trying to keep it on a, on a level that's detailed enough to see everything but not get into every single little functionality, or that would be impossible. Uh, and then we'll take questions at the end and go through some questions as we go along, that's possible. Uh, so what you're looking at now is the Sweet Dash website. Uh, as you start your Sweet Dash journey and you start a free trial, there's no risk to you. The next thing you want to be paying attention to would be the documentation, which you see here. You can search your questions. This is the best place to search before you send a help request. This will find help you find answers. If you're more of a visual learner, then Sweet Dash Academy is a great place for you. You can look at video training and then also this how-to series, which is big large colorful images with arrows and boxes and explanations in plain English so uh, this is something you can keep open and then move at your own pace and then the Sweet Dash community is a place if you have not started yet it's a great place to meet other sweet mates and get yourself and ask questions that may be relevant to your situation someone else has been there before so it can be quite helpful and then vote.sweetdash.com is the best place for you to understand what we do have planned, what we have in progress, and also a great place for you, and this is actually what it's really for, for you to tell us what you would like next, what you'd like us to be working on. And you can see here, this is most of the top items are either in progress or planned. This is how we run uh, our, our development, is we listen to our customers, we listen to our suite mates, and we develop around the things that will help the most of you. So thanks for participating in that. Okay, so a, a summary of Sweet Dash. The impossible may be possible. All right. So Sweet Dash is designed to work around your website, around your business. Your existing website is typically what you, ha you have. You need to uh, have a software that helps you with clients, helps you with team, helps you with onboarding. And that's how Sweet Dash is designed. So what, what you're looking at here is just a sample um, website. This is a bogus business. It's not a real business. Uh, but it serves as a demo for us okay so this is a website and on this website you will see something like this like want mad skills but behind this button is something powered by sweet dash behind this is powered by sweet dash and in most in all these inquiry forms are powered by sweet dash and they all end up essentially directing people into your CRM uh, or into your uh, email list for drip campaigns or campaigns uh, sorry or just one-time campaigns. So this is an example of a form that's just embedded in the website. And then when they complete this form, they're added into your CRM along and in such a way that as 
however you configure this particular form, meaning if they come through this form, certain settings are applied. If they come through a different form, some di other different settings are applied. So each form has its own set of automations that are associated with it and assignments, essentially. Okay, and this is an example of a standalone or form that's a standalone, meaning it's not doesn't really even need a website. In fact, we we just give you the what we call a, a friendly URL. See how it says "Get Started" up here. So this doesn't even need a website. If you don't have a website, you can still use all the functionality of Sweet Dash by creating small landing pages like this, where they're uh, when submitted, they will add them in according to your configuration. This is just a quick example of a public Dropbox. It's part of our file sharing functionality. It's embedded on the website so that anyone, say you're on the phone with the client and they say, hey, I need to get that file. You say, great, just go to my website, click on Dropbox, upload the files there, and you'll see when they choose files, they're gonna, they're gonna give their name, uh, and then they'll submit, and that'll upload to you, okay? So these, these things are all designed to work. And of course, the client login, when you click this, this is powered by our WordPress plugin. It's a login form. And when they log in here, your clients or your staff, they'll be directed immediately into your SweetDash account and see the branded SweetDash account, which looks something like this, okay? So now I'm inside a SweetDash account as an admin and I'm seeing my CRM list. Now SweetDash is not just a CRM. It's, CRM is really the beginning because that's how we get our core of clients or prospects to do things like, you know, we have them in our system so that we can deliver estimates or proposals or invoices or contracts or any of the other things that uh, we have in the platform. But this is a list of your contacts and from here you can add a new contact manually, which is of course the <clears throat> sometimes way or you can import contacts here you see or you can use what we call an intake form to add to post on your website as we saw previously and then contacts are self registering as a prospect or as a client or as a lead however you have them uh, that form configured so those are the primary ways of getting people into the system as what we call externals which are lead prospecting client. And typically they're the, the people on the other side of the business that you either want to get paying you or already paying you. And that's the idea, okay? Now there's two ways to use the portal. One is called invited and one is not invited. Now you'll see on the right side here, we have a not invited status, we have an invited status, and then we have a last login date, all right? So you, if, you, if your business model is, I don't really want them to come into my portal, I don't need a portal for them to come into, but I do need them to pay invoices. Well, that's okay, you can just keep them in not invited status and then you can still send them invoices, you can still send them contracts to sign. Those things can be done and really, if you don't ever invite them, that's not a problem. And if your business model is you don't invite anyone, that's not a problem. So uh, you can use the portal side of it as much as you need or not at all. All the functionality is designed to help you uh, accomplish goals either way. Now, when your clients log in, by default, they're going to see a dashboard, right? Which you see dashboard here. And also your staff. And you can do things on the dashboard like widgets like my tasks or my invoices or announcements. And you can create announcements and target them towards your internal roles, all of them or just some of them, or your external roles, all of them or some of them. Okay. And then you can even make stickies, etc. 
all this can happen you can use placeholders in the in the <clears throat> um, announcement so that name first names last names or any other kind of data can be output directly in the announcement depending on who the logged in user and we'll get to more about dynamic data uh, shortly or if you don't want all your clients to use the same experience meaning landing at the same dashboard you can create what we call start pages okay and start pages are based on the concept of a portal page which you'll see here a portal page is just a page of uh, content that you provide for uh, your clients or your or your staff even you can assign them either way so if you want to add a new portal page you can assign it to staff or clients and uh, then you can set categories and set it where you want it in the menu. You can preview it, set up the styling, all, all sorts of options here. Uh, we won't get into that, but then here you can choose a couple different ty types of builders. But one of the primary things you can do is assign as a start page. So if you see here, assign as start page. And what I can do is assign this as the start page for anyone who is assigned to the page. So uh, if they're assigned to the page in this section that I have folded up and in the back, then it's, they're eligible to be assigned as this start page. And what that means, it's the very first place that they go when they log in. So if you have a set of clients that you want to go in one direction when they log in, and then another set of clients that you want to go in another direction when they log in, what you'll do is you'll set them up probably in circles, and then you'll, you'll assign the start page to the circle. And what that means is that anyone in the circle that you're assigning here, and the reason there's no results is because there's no one assigned because I just started this, but when anyone in that circle logs in to your portal, they'll be directed to the start page assigned to that circle. And so therefore, as your contacts are logging in, they're being split, they're being directed, they're being funneled into the right places, and you can create multiple, multiple start pages and control the experience of your clients as they log in uh, using circles, start pages, and a great number of other things. But we'll get through that in a bit. Uh, let me move next here to, this is an, another test account, another demo account. This is an example of a portal page that's been built out. It's assigned to the circle payroll, okay? So this company is saying when anyone that I've assigned into the circle payroll logs in, I want to redirect them to this page. And what you see here is an example of our dynamic data structure. And the idea here is I want to create a single dashboard for my payroll clients. Okay. And you notice that no one is actually printed here, no actual names, and these all say 50%. The reason is because they're all powered by dynamic data. So let me let me demo this a little bit and you'll see what I mean. So as we do a preview, we're able to, we don't, we haven't loaded any client here yet, so we're not seeing a preview, but we can preview as, uh, let's just choose this client. And what's gonna happen is gonna go and grab the data specifically from this client, and we're gonna see exactly what this client sees when they log in, because this is their start page. So now we have a dynamic profile image went from her profile, uh, her name, her company, this is her payroll service circle, and these charts are even powered by numbers, by custom fields. The value, uh, the values of those custom fields are being returned by these charts because they're powered by that custom field. All clients have the same custom fields, right? And they, but they can have separate v values in those custom fields. So as I move from Josie Green 
to Robert Martinez, you'll see that now I'm going to see how Robert sees it. And actually, he has different numbers, right? So these are loaded. Here, I can use these button block, these button uh, shortcuts. These are programmable without coding. And there's all sorts of examples of charts that you can configure. You can make a payroll or you can make a dashboard that works for your use case and preview it, build it. And this is all in the block editor. You can also find several examples of this as starting points in our template library, which is here. Okay, so let's start with the roles, uh, internal roles. Let's talk a little bit about that. It's back to CRM. So you'll see that we have a prospect, we have a client, and then we also have a lead role that you're not seeing an example of here. But essentially lead, prospect, and client. A lead is something that you really, uh, that you're just meeting someone, you just know their name, maybe you know a few, few data points about them, but you want to get them into your address book is really the best way to describe it. At lead, this person's in my address book. They don't get a login to the portal. They're just being tracked by you in your software. If you get a little bit further with them, you would probably want to uh, change them to a prospect and then from a prospect into a client, and that's the progression. So there are several permission set. There are permission sets around lead, prospect, and client. You'll get familiar with that as you get uh, further into your journey. But yes, I just wanted to touch on that for just a bit. All right, let's move forward. Oh, and, and this is perfect. This is the documentation. If you have more questions about lead, prospect, and client, just go to the documentation and search for role, and you'll find this article for internal roles. Now let's get to circles and teams, okay? Circles are one of the most powerful concepts in Sweet Dash. If you start with Simple Start Series Episode 1, one of the first things we cover is circles. You got to know about circles. You, you need to understand how they're put together or, or what they do for us. And what they do is they segment clients. So earlier we talked about the, the idea that when you logged in, you'd be uh, directed one way if you're in one circle and another way in another circle. So you'll see an example here. Uh, we have the payroll clients. We have the website prospects. We have some steps that we're running people through based on circles. And then maybe even we have a SaaS or some kind of membership that we're building based on circles. So circles is associated with your external users, which means the contacts, the, the leads, prospects, and clients. A very similar construction is called teams. Teams is for your internal roles, meaning your admin, teammates, project managers, all this. You can build a team and then add people to a team very easily or easily just remove someone from a team. And when you remove someone from a team or a circle, you're instantly taking away the access that was the, everywhere across the, the, the account that was based on the team affiliation. So if you're assigning, say, a shared folder to the DevOps team, uh, and then someone uh, you know, has a di big disagreement and they walk out and you think, yeah, I really gotta remove their access, then you know what? We're just gonna remove their access in one go all the things that were based on the DevOps team permissions, now Fredo has lost track of. Fredo comes back after his blow up and we, we make up and he gets added right back, right? Okay, so the thing about circles and teams is that you can assign things dynamically. If you add someone new and put them into a circle, they instantly gain access to everything that's based around that circle permission. Okay, let's move on. Before we go further, I think it's important to really realize the uh, automations and the 
the things that are the trigger actions, the different dynamic constructions that are a part of Sweet Dash. And this is a very good example. This is a, what's called our trigger actions widget. And this trigger actions widget provides you with automations. In this case, I'm actually in an invoice that I'm creating an invoice. And I'm configuring the actions that will be applied or that will be triggered when this invoice is paid. So if I send this invoice to my client and they pay the invoice, then I may want to add them to a circle or remove them from a circle or you know, maybe change the email marketing list or set some custom value. There's all sorts of options here and these options are expanding all the time. And this is a way for you to, and you can set up multiples. There's not just one. You can just set up uh, as many as you'd like. If you want to generate a contract, you can do that here. Set the title, set the contract template right here, and then set the data source and then you're good. And when the invoice gets paid, the contract will be generated and pre-filled with all the dynamic data from the invoice. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is in the contract, if you have write the contract in and say, uh, the value of this contract is placeholder, right? You're gonna set a placeholder. And so then what will happen now is it, when this invoice is paid, I'm gonna choose invoice as the data source and the con then template will be the place where that placeholder exists. And when the contract is created, it's going to pull the data, meaning the total from this invoice that I'm making that was just paid, that triggered this action. It's gonna carry that data across and it's gonna fill it in in the placeholder of that contract. And then that contract will be available to be signed. And not just that data point, but many data points, but it's just an example that's quite common. So the automations that are made available, and you'll see other examples of that as we move forward, they're the real power of what you have with Sweet Dash because not only do you have um, multiple, multiple tools in one place, they share data in a way that's very, very beneficial and automated and designed to take you from step one to step two, step three, in a way that you don't do it manually, that you design at one time, put it together, and then it sets, sits there and works for you and uh, is predictable, it's accurate, and that's the primary advantage of automations, of course. Okay, so next, I want to talk about generators, all right? So what are generators? We just changed the terminology of generators, actually. So <laughs> even if you're an existing client or existing customer of SweetDash, this might be the first time you've actually heard that term. What it used to be called uh, profiles. We used to call these recurring profiles and accumulating profiles. Uh, we even had a we have a project profile that's now called a project generator. Uh, profile was kind of a word that is meant intended to say, well, this is this is the profile of the project that I want to create, but it doesn't really say what it does, right? So we wanted to change to something that says exactly what it does, and this is exactly what it does. So look in the invoice list here and you'll see recurring, right? And you see one time, recurring and one time. So make the connect, making the connection, a recurring generator is a device that you configure, you say, all right, generator, I want you to create an invoice for me every month for this client, all right? And then you, you basically configure it. And so every one, every one month, the generator sits there and says, Okay, is it time for me to generate this, this invoice? Is it time, is it time? And then it, when it becomes time, out comes the invoice into this list. And now you have the invoice as a recurring status. The client can see it, the client can pay it online or however you have it configured. 
So these generators are, are ways to set up automated events uh, and, they, and they fit perfectly into the uh, automation, trigger action automations that we just talked about before uh, because in many cases those actions are, thi are things like trigger project generator. And when this thing is completed, I want you to create a project and the project generator is the one making the rules about the project being created, etc. So they're, they're a big part of the automations that are available in the platform. Okay, so here we're looking at project generators, same thing. So if I create a project generator, I'm defining all the elements, all the pieces and parts and data, data points of a project. I'm predefining is a better way to say it. And then when in an automation or via an intake form assignment or, or something like that, the project generator is told, okay, create a project. Here's the data. This is the client. Here's any other data that, that you need. And then boom, all the other stuff that was configured is taken into account and you have a project created automatically based on your specifications and including options for recurring projects and date-based projects, et cetera, et cetera. Project templates let you uh, build the sets of tasks and phases that are associated with a project in advance and even assign them in advance so that if you have the same structure for projects, you can create that in advance. And then each time one of those comes along, you can say, oh, this looks like project A. Assign template project A. Boom, all the tasks come out, all the phases are, at, are configured, and you're saving work. You're being more efficient. Okay, and this is just another example of, I wanted to show uh, a folder profile, which will be called folder generator going forward. And it does the same thing. It's able to uh, help you configure a complete folder structure. And these are just tests here, but you can create a complete folder structure that you apply to new clients as they come in. So if you have a very comfortable folder structure inside a client's files, then you can configure that and then apply it on the way in so that every client that comes into the platform you don't have to recreate that folder structure over and over. Okay so we're back to the contacts. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how we can get contacts into the platform via forms. Okay so what I'm looking at here is called an intake form and it's designed to take someone some random person on the internet, we don't know this person's name, we don't know anything about them, they land on your website. An intake form is what they need to see because an intake form takes a brand new person and they convert, they, they onboard them essentially and they assign whatever your assignments uh, based on how you configure. So this one, if anyone who comes through this form will be assigned as a client. They'll receive Max as their coordinator. You can assign their salesperson. I'm assigning them into this circle, right? Because this is part of my strategy. I can also do things like, oh, project profile or on-demand generator or project generator, this one should be. Folder generator as we're making the name change. Some of the things are, are almost done today. That's how fresh it is. It's happening right now. So, uh, yep, you'll see that soon. Uh, and then you can do things like, oh, I want to send the email, or I don't want to send the portal access, meaning this is the not invi invited, not invited, invited, not invited. Or you can even require that they, that your visitor, in this case, like if you're creating a SaaS or a membership style portal, you can require that they uh, make a one-time payment, or you can require a subscription payment, and all that is managed by SweetDash. In this case that you require a subscription payment, uh, the, the system will take that payment, 
will regulate that subscription and basically regulate the access of each customer based on the act the active or inactive of that subscription so if their subscription fails they will not be able to log in uh, and as long as their subscription is active you can keep them as a member and they'll continue to be able to log in and access the data or the content that you provide for them so this is an intake form and you can build the form here you can do things like set up appointments or choice blocks which is a way to uh, let them select from a select box and based on the uh, selection there we can control the settings that are applied to them you'll notice if I see here's all the settings there's no choice block in the form right now and here's all the settings if I make a add a choice block all the settings go away down here and where are they they're in this choice I have one choice now okay so then I can uh, sorry I can configure my choice here by clicking here and now all the choices are behind choice number one but of course I can add another choice and another choice and another choice and then I can configure all of these separately and if uh, depending on what the end user the the customer not the customer sorry the random person and what we call around here a rando with that random person uh, comes to your site they'll make a choice here and then they'll be directed and configured based on their choice okay now an intake form after you create it, this is where you, you click on this, um, let me go back, uh, I'm not brave enough. <laughs> so this is the uh, intake form embed settings. So link embed will give you a direct link to the form that you can use as without a website. This is an embed code that you can use in your website and then you can also set a friendly URL. If I didn't like this URL, I could say, you know what, give me, uh, I would like this to say funnel intake and then I'll call it that I'm gonna create a friendly URL and now I can copy that and if I let if I send this in an email or a marketing email to my clients or link to this on my website they'll end up in the same place as this one which is not quite as pretty the form is previewed here uh, anyone that knows about how these forms are delivered and the the way uh, how difficult it is to style these via CSS we provide you all the CSS possibilities all the design possibilities here and mostly in a no-code way so here's all the colors here's all the sizes here's the content of the success message you can set up a redirect instead of a success message if you'd like and here are all these sort of things that people would normally like to do by CSS but you don't have to figure that out because you can just check a box and click Save and it'll look just like you see here when you submit it okay so this is a this is again an intake form that's designed to add people that are not in your account, just random people in the, that come to your website to put them into your CRM. Uh, what I'm looking at here is called an update form. Okay, So after you have someone in your account, you may want to collect more data from them. And in fact, you might want to start off with a small intake form and maybe a bigger update form after they enter the uh, portal. And that's what this is. So an update form doesn't have as many of the options as you saw before. It's really more about updating information or adding new data to a client's profile or prospect's profile as they're in while they're in the portal. And you have many of the same options uh, for link embed, uh, except for update forms are designed to be displayed inside the portal. So you have what we call a placeholder here, and you use those in portal pages to display the form.
And here's a good example. I'm in a portal page, which could be in a start page uh, if you wanted to assign that, but it's easy to just paste in the form. And then you'll see when you preview that the, uh, actually the forms don't show, but if we, uh, if you impersonate the client, for example, then you would see the form. Okay, so this is a little bit of our project management side. Let's, let's cover that for a bit. Okay, so this is your list of projects. Um, what, we have what's called my task, which means this is all the tasks that are assigned to me throughout the project or throughout the entire project management through all projects, or I can even create tasks for myself here that are unassociated with projects. I'm logged in as an admin, so I also get to see all tasks. Now this is all tasks in all projects uh, broken out and not, uh, they're still associated with the project by, you can see the project is here, but I'm able to use the filters and the searches to find and make tasks or show tasks based on what I need. And in fact, I, I can even save filters. So if I have a complex filter slash search that surfaces tasks that I'm that I want and I want to use this over and over or maybe multiple um, multiple combinations of the searches I can save those filters and then load them easily with a drop-down menu every day instead of rebuilding this every single day and clicking save so another it's another way that we've designed to uh, save time on your everyday tasks uh, you'll see in projects we have the list of projects we have a list of project generators which we talked about before templates we talked about create tasks and phases there's a project calendar that everyone on the team sees it includes the tasks in the project there's work requests which is this is a project level uh, item and essentially what this is is a uh, work order some people might call it essentially is something that the client can see on their end uh, in the portal and they can submit that work request uh, to your company and you then you will receive that and you're able to convert that <clears throat> into a an invoice or a project for example don't have any to show you on this one but uh, essentially the options are I can convert this into an invoice and and set some I set so set a price to it or I can convert it into a project uh, and send the items on the work request turn into tasks and there's multiple multiple ways to configure it there's a lot of settings associated with work requests additionally timers is uh, something that is very widely used in the platform People are so what you'll do is you'll create a timer you'll be able to save that timer and associate it with a project or with a client individually and then you add this timer to typically an accumulating profile uh, that will then turn it into an invoice and that's typically the way it will go so of course the archiving settings so let's move on here's an example of the project management uh, you have a project description that you can dynamically populate based on uh, dynamic placeholders but this is a typical task list and this is where the task action will happen and mark complete there are subtasks there are comments and there's a history of everything that happens followers allow people to be updated there's a lot going on here so I won't slow down for too too long uh, this is assigned to my uh, teammate of mine but if I have a task that's assigned to me I want you to see that I can start a timer on this specific task and I'll say uh, this is my first steps in this one on this task and I'm going to set a dollar rate say $25 an hour and I'm going to start the timer okay and I can do this I can start multiple timers on this task they stay attached to this task and then they can be billed uh, and invoiced when they're stopped 
into an accumulating profile or accumulating generator, excuse me, and then turned into an invoice based on the configuration of that generator. Okay, let's move on. Uh, this is a Kanban board, quite common. Most people are familiar with this style. Uh, you can set this as status, uh, status boards, or you can change to a signee view, which will let you just move tasks uh, uh, to different teammates based on who's assigned to this project. This is what we call our project overview or project dashboard. Uh, this is a configurable, you can show or not show uh, so most of the elements on this dashboard, but it's a place where you can uh, make this visible to your client so that they can log in and then they're, on their side they're able to see exactly this, the project progress, the updates that you have left for them. They can actually answer you back, which is what's happened here. This is the response from the client. I can continue that conversation and this whole conversation is based only on this date, this update from September 22nd, say for example. And then each update will have its own conversation and these conversations are, are replicated as well in our client talk feature. Uh, so team talk is only is a talk or, or a chat or I wouldn't call it a chat, sort of a messaging thread based on uh, various subjects, but they're the only people that, that can participate are in team, to, are team talk are the uh, internals assigned to this project or freelancers and then client talk is typically between the project manager and the client. Files can be organized and uploaded and kept separate and private inside a project or we'll get to this in a minute and maybe we'll be able to cover you can see uh, the various other options in our file management which is quite robust. Alright, let's move on. Okay. All right, let's talk about really quickly the internal roles. So we have the super admin, that's you if you created a free trial and you are the super admin person who controls the billing. Admins have all the same powers as you do except for the billing side of it uh, and there's a few other separations but essentially admins have quite um, the run of the place. Project managers are uh, have specific capabilities around projects, office manager, etc. There's billings and, and so on. So read that here. I, it's not now for me to go through that, but this is the same thing. If you go to help.sweetdash.com, uh, you'll be able to find this and read through it and understand. Okay. Uh, let's go further. All right. Let me see what we have over here. Timer. Yep. Okay, and then let's go to marketing. All right, so marketing is an entire module based on email marketing. Okay, so just like something like MailChimp or Constant Contact or Active, Active Campaign, you can create a campaign that you then assign to a list and the lists become the groups or audiences that you are uh, marketing to. So we have our lists here and our lists have autoresponders associated with them. So in this case, I have an email course that I have a list for and everyone assigned or added to that email list gets starts with this autoresponder series. This one goes out after five minutes, this one goes after, out after one week, etc. And so this, this is the drip, cam, drip functionality or autoresponder functionality associated in the uh, marketing campaign and there's many many ways to use this and in fact the automations that we discussed earlier one of the primary ones is you can 
add and remove from lists. So as someone, you can create multiple lists that are associated with certain phases of an onboarding or project. And then as someone moves through the phases or, or their customer journey with you, you can remove them from certain lists and add them to another list and therefore control the messaging that they receive from your company as they move through your funnel or your customer journey. Okay. Let's look at messaging. Messaging is a full featured, uh, private, secure, HIPAA compliant me messaging component. Uh, this is not email. This is not your email. I think just to be clear, you can send a message that, go, that works very much like email, but when it's received on the other side, if you don't make any changes, then it's HIPAA compliant in that the message that I send, the message that I'm sending above the signature here, uh, will not be included in the email notification that the end user, that your client or prospect receives. They will only receive an email that says, okay, you have a message, you need to log in to see it, to read it. And that's the secure, quote unquote, secure method. We also have what we call convenience mode, which if you don't care about HIPAA compliance, it's not a real issue for you. Uh, that kind of, that level of privacy, you can turn convenience mode on and then something happens, something miraculous. The content will show in the email notification and it's very easy for your customers and then all they have to do they can even reply to that email and their response will be posted back into this thread so that you can keep your conversations in one place uh, with your clients you can even um, categorize them in folders just like you can in something like outlook um, or gmail using labels all right let's move to appointment appointment uh, scheduling Okay, so in appointment scheduling, just like almost any kind of appointment uh, scheduling software, you're going to set up appointment types. Okay, in each appointment type, you're going to associate with a single staff member, and that staff member uh, will be able to, in addition to admins, be able to set availability and say, okay, on these days I'm available between, uh, you know, whatever time, 12:40 and 5 p.m or you can say no availability on certain days. And then down here, you'll set the parameters of the uh, booking times, booking appointment times, and the output, the available slots will be generated and shown on the calendar based on that, okay? So let's look um, at the calendar. On the client side, your calendar can book directly, your, your client can book directly from the calendar and uh, you can all, they can also make a booking using an intake form, as we showed earlier. Um, we have an appointment block there that part of that intake form, and part of that process can be scheduling an appointment. Okay, let's spend some time in flows. Uh, we'll just explain flows quickly and then we are almost complete and we'll look at some questions. Okay, so a flow is um, a series of steps. It's presented to a client as a series of steps that it can include things like file upload, file download, complete a form, um, sign to accept. This is an e-signature form, um, sorry, e-signature step. So if you wanna add a new step, you can use any of these options. You can create multiples, and then on the client side, they'll see that as a step-by-step -step process that they, they need to uh, go through. 
So you'll see here, the left side will be their steps and their progress. And when they complete each step, this will turn green. And as they move through uh, step by step, they will be, uh, they'll experience the configuration that you make for them using this interface. So it's quite customizable. And it also at each step, you can trigger a series of actions in that trigger actions widget that we explored earlier. Right, so in this one, I'm setting the value of a custom field. You know, I'm making a test here, but uh, I can use any one of these to make uh, a set of actions based on the completion of that step. And then I can create a set of actions based on the completion of the flow as a whole. Uh, there's two types of flows. One is an on-demand flow, one is an onboarding flow. And an onboarding flow, let's take a look here. An onboarding flow is unique in that it is used really only in the case that you want your, you demand, I think is the best word, that your clients complete that flow before they enter your portal. So in the case of an onboarding flow, if you assign that as part of an intake form, they receive an email, they click the link, they set their password, the very next thing they see will be the flow. And that's it, they'll be locked into it. And this is in the case that you really just don't want to proceed with anyone unless they complete that flow. Uh, so maybe it's just a couple of documents or a file upload or something like that. But you're forcing them to do that before they can continue. So when an onboarding flow is completed, then they are taken into the portal and they are uh, redirected to the next step that's configured, whether that be the dashboard or a start page. So you can really you can really drop that gate right in front of the portal get your information, get your, your um, data out of the client, and then let them in and continue their journey from there. And that's really the only use case for an onboarding flow. Everything else is an on-demand flow uh, that you can trigger by an automation or assign manually to a client. And these are sort of designed to be a step-by-step -step that's completed in one sitting, okay? Not like a very long process where it takes months to get through. It's a one sitting type of operation and uh, that's typically the way it's designed to operate for you. All right, and let's go just into the files. This is one of our bigger sections. I'm not sure I missed it until now. Okay, so uh, let's start with client files. So if you, all your clients will have a folder when you add a client or a prospect, they will have a folder created automatically for them, okay? And inside their folder, you'll find these other folders that are pretty that are standard for all clients. There we go. Private files shared with client, submitted by client and clients files. And they're exactly as you read here. There's really not much mystery if we go into shared with client, if I upload a file here, then absolutely the client is going to see it and get it and receive a notification if I choose to do that. All right. Uh, if I put this here in private files, this client can never see what's inside this folder. This is maybe if you're a logo designer, you want to put the vector files in the here. You can keep them associated with the client, keep them nice and neat, but the client really never ha never gets to see them or or doesn't uh, is not able to download them unless you move that over to shared with client. Now, if the the client is uploading files to you, you'll see you'll find those in these this folder, and then this is also files uploaded by this client in. Um, I'm sorry, this one submitted by client is. Uh, files that are uploaded as a part of a form, a flow, a project, or a file request. File request is something that you can create if you need files from a client. You can actually you can recreate a request, 
uh, fill this out and it will send them an email with a link to a file uploader. That's actually exactly what we saw earlier embedded into, this is what we saw earlier embedded into the website as a file Dropbox. Very easy to make. Uh, a file transfer is if I have a file, if say, a, say it's a large video file that I'm trying to deliver to the client. Uh, well, of course, we know you can't, you can't attach that to a, an email. It'll never get out. It's too big. So what you can do is create a new file transfer, go through the steps, and essentially you're delivering giant files or multiple giant files to a client. Uh, you're, getting to, you're getting to choose all the uh, options that you need, and then you'll send those. You can send those uh, through us, or you can send in a more secure way where, say, for example, you uh, want to call the client or text the client with some code that's unique. Uh, you can make a unique code for each client. Then that code serves as a second key, essentially, so that you're not sending everything by an email. And if somebody gets that email, it doesn't matter who they are, they're, they're able to get to that information. We provide a way for you to have a second key, almost like a 2FA, for delivering these sometimes sensitive documents in the case of tax returns or something health related, right? Okay, let's close this. Uh, here's where you're gonna find the project's uh, files. We looked at uh, earlier at the project uh, files tab, but inside, if you upload something into that area in the project, you can find it here as well. Uh, it's separated by uh, project folder and then inside that you'll have the private public and task files that are associated with the project okay let's take one more step here and that would be the notification panel you'll see here that you're able to um, see notifications for most things that happen in the platform and then you're able if you want to be reminded you're even able to pin things to the top of this until you're uh, until you want to unpin and these can be reminders to accomplish certain things in addition we have an entire chat module that is similar to something like Slack or Skype, uh, functional, all in the same place. Everyone's using it, and it's in the same place as your the rest of your software. It's internal only, by the way, the chat. And we do plan have plans to have external or have client-side chat, and that is on the roadmap. Okay. I think that's it. I think I'll call that a really fast run through of sweet dash i'm trying to think of anything major that was missed i'm sure there is there's so many ways to use this and configure that sweet dash guys it's just very difficult to even talk about it in the way that you can really understand the power of it until you're into it and i think you'll see that if you look around the internet you'll you'll see that uh, many people will talk about <clears throat> takes a little while of uh, takes a little exposure time to start to see the connections uh, because it is so configurable in so many different ways it can be difficult to prescribe for you for example you know one of you guys uh, step one step two step three but what we can do is do the very best job possible of educating and providing sessions like this where we run through and discuss uh, in addition, uh, the typical use case of this webinar is to is to answer questions, uh, and we do our very best to do that. Uh, also, help at sweetdash.com. Please email if you have questions. That's really your primary way. 
especially if it's about functionality. If it's about some kind of strategy or, or uh, that kind of discussion, then I think almost certainly your best bet is the community. Let's go back to community. So please do consider joining the community and contributing and getting to know some of the people that are in there. Some very, very, very sharp people running around in the community and they're kind enough to be sharing. So uh, take advantage of that. If you, if you are confused, you really don't know where to go, just join here. For security reasons, you're going to have to create a new username and password. You, so the password for your SweetDash account is not going to work here. You'll create a new one, um, but that's the only caveat. You can come here and uh, join. There's no cost and it's 100% free. Okay, let's do our best to get through some questions before we close today. Uh, I apologize if you came and your question was not addressed. You were planning on that, uh, but I will do my best now. So if you have questions, We'll spend about 10 or 15 minutes trying to answer the ones that we're able to. And thank you. Let's see what we have here. Okay. Uh, does not let's, let's talk. All right, Hilton, good question. Does not invite to equate to lead and invites to client? Not quite, Hilton. It's not quite, but let me explain so we can be clear here. Great. So first thing, Hilton, to understand is leads never get invited to, to the portal. Okay, so a lead is kind of a different animal. It's, the, it's at the very beginning of the funnel and we barely know anything about them. We're, we're not trying to invite them into the portal at this point. So they're just in an address book. Okay. Uh, I can enter an email address for them, but I don't have to. So the analogy that I usually try to use is if I'm driving, if, I, if I'm a website designer, for example, and I'm driving down a street and I'm passing business after business after business, I might think, I mean, I need to write all these businesses down so that later when I have time and I'm not driving and I'm, you know, looking to do some uh, introductions and possibly sell my services, I will have this, I will remember that place. So yeah, I'm making a list, I'm making a list. And then when I get back to my office, I add all those into my leads list and then they're recorded in the right place. Then if I call that person and, and they're interested and I say, Hey, look, if you're interested even a little bit, let me send you, let me send you an email and send you an invite to our, to our portal. And you know, when you do that, you already have uh, some content ready to present to them and be um, tempting for them. So when they log in, they're redirected, say exactly to that content. And then you provide some resources that let them get more comfortable with you and, and maybe trust you more. And when they see your white label portal, they're going to be like, well, I have to do business with this guy because look at the software. It's amazing, you know, and so there you go. You got a client, but then you can easily convert lead to prospect, right? And once she's there, prospect, they can be sent proposals and estimates and things of that nature. And then when they uh, start paying you, then that's our definition. If there's money changing hands or, or I need money or I send an invoice for, I can't send an invoice unless they're already a client because I expect them to pay me now. Okay. So then I move them to client, send invoices, let's do some projects together, you know, all these things. So that's, that's the progression of lead, prospect, and client. And yes, I acknowledge that uh, some people use those terminologies differently, but they're pretty generic. And, and in our case, we had to choose <laughs> in one flavor. So we went with lead portal, lead, prospect, and client. Yep. Lynn says, would be handy if when it's generated, you can have repairing, repeating based on generation date or specific date. Do you mean um, projects, Lynn? B 
because I uh, let me see if I can get there we do have options for the project generator to be triggered based on dates and even custom fields projects okay good let me get there so if I want to create a project generator I'm going to say okay here's how this is gonna work this is my uh, website project generator we'll call it uh, and here's the scheduled options now of course there's not a scheduled I don't need to repeatedly build websites for a client but I can use all these options to have a start on date re and recur every one year for example in the case of say taxes or something like this right never expires or you can set specific dates or you can even set the value of a date custom field so if you have a date custom field that helps us validate the date then you can say I want to do it on this date and then coming soon we have a task in the works that will say on this date every year okay so uh, this is some we're moving in this direction for sure of this okay wait Lynn says yes but not repeating on a custom field okay but that that would work yeah so um, sorry Lynn it's not recur it, this is a recurring options and then the custom field option is not recurring it would just re do it on the date of the custom field or on a specific date these are one time as of now if we add this other option here under that says do this every year that would be a checkbox and would be optional you could leave it unchecked and it would only do it on this one date am I am I hitting the right target Lynn I feel like somehow I'm not I'm not but I think I think I understand what you mean I'm gonna go back and, and uh, try to grab another question Lynn says yes if you're adding the extra option that'll work for you so so you're gonna set the date Lynn you want to set the date uh, say April 10th you know maybe it's related to taxes and somehow you need um, <laughs> or what about April April 16th the day after the tax day that you just when you need to start on the next year's right um, so you'll say uh, on this date every year generate a project for these specific clients that's you can easily do that uh, after we add this option let me clarify uh, let's go back up I'm gonna try to find okay net Forms have conditional logic, etc. Example, choose from checkbox and send a corresponding portal page. <coughs> yeah, Annette, so on, on intake forms, yes, that can be accomplished. And that's using the, let me go backwards here, control shift tab, yes. Let me get back to that intake form we had up. I really thought we did. Apologize. Well, okay. That, this is it. Perfect. Okay. About I gave up right at the line. Almost gave up too soon. So this is the choice block, um, Annette. You would choose here. They would choose some set of op from some set of options, and you could uh, you could then assign a circle to them based on the options. So. This would be one circle assigned, and then a separate circle, different circle, different circle, and each one of these circles would be used to assign a start page. It's what you're asking about, and so then, uh, based on their choice here, they would see a different start page in that scenario, uh, based on their choice. Yes. Got it. Good. Awesome. Good job, Annette. Good question. Okay. Uh, Brandy says, 
if a random good brandy a rando clicks on my website it automatically adds that person to contacts no no brandy because um and they said where can i access okay so brandy we can't if, if a rando clicks on your website that's not enough we don't know who that person is we we might we can we can know their e their ip address that's about it but they could be on a vpn we have no way of knowing who they are the only way you're going to know who they are is when they they fill out a form okay so if they fill out a form and submit and then then we'll have their email address and their first and last name okay that's great now in the future sweet dash is future when we are when the website builder is being built for example so in the future, SweetDash will give you a tool to build your website and your portal. They'll all be combined into one. That's part of the dream. You know, the the plan of the future is that after we know who that person is and we've sort of we've sort of tagged their IP address and yes, a VPN can still get around this, but we basically know who that person is from a cookie in the browser, and that's all you know, fine and and very common. When they come back to your website, we'll recognize that cookie and go, hey. You know that person who was filled out that interest form? Guess what? They're back on the website three days later. Now, what do you think will happen if you pick up the phone and call that person while they're on your website? <laughs> I mean, besides possibly being creeped out, they're you know they're they're ready. They're ready to do business with you. And if they happen to get just some random phone call that happens to be while they're staring at the website, boy, that would really make it easy. Especially, and you could really be coy, right? You, right brandy you can so have you seen our web have you been to our website are you in this oh actually i'm on it right now oh well great you know and then you just <laughs> so now you're really in and they think that you you got you're on the same page and so it's a really good way to close right uh but that's in the future again that's not something that we have uh currently but just gave me an idea actually hmm don't know why we couldn't include something like so the code for something like that in a WordPress plugin in in our WordPress existing WordPress plugin. So and possibly provide other tracking code for you uh, if you don't have a WordPress site that you could just put in your like some job some JavaScript code that you can put in a footer or something like that. So yes, I believe that's valid. We we could probably make something like that in short term, Brandy. Uh, even though we wouldn't be powering your website, we could still track and make functionality around that with a little just a little bit of JavaScript code all right let's move down where can I access this recording okay what well, uh, Brandy the the majority of the ones actually all of them that are recorded and display are on the YouTube channel so just youtube.com backslash sweet dash and you'll see uh, all our videos are there uh, in our channel all right Brandy says when you send a request to a client does it keep track of that request? Like when you send an email, can you look at your sent file? Do you mean in messaging? I think Brandy, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you multiple answers, and that'll be helpful. And I won't need to um, really know how you're thinking about it. Let's go to. All right, I'm just gonna shortcut here. So, well, here's the sent box right here. I guess that's where I was really going to try to show you. Yeah, here you go, Brandy. So inbox sent box yes you can see what was sent now I think what you also might be asking is can you see a log of all the emails sent from the platform which is really really helpful um, so the, the answer is not yet but within a week this is a we have the live stream feature that has that gives you optics on everything that's happening 
in the platform, especially if you're an admin, you can see a list of everything that happens, uh, the section of the application of the platform that it's in, and who actually took the action. In this case, everything's really been happening with a test account, so same person, but many things are tracked here. Uh, within a week or so, you'll see multiple tabs here, and you'll have the live stream, yes, still. You also have email logs, all the, e all the emails that were sent from the system, and you also have login logs. You'll see uh, every attempt to log in, whether it be a failed attempt to log in or a successful attempt to at log in. So you will be able to understand which clients have logged or had problems logging, etc. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and login can also be used as a trigger for some certain actions, um, especially confirmation of account can be used that way. So that's interesting as well. Another interesting automation that you can um, configure. Hilton says, can you show us the SMS, in SMS integration option? Yes, Hilton. So if you'll go to integrations from your flyout menu, uh, this is what we call a flyout menu up here on the right side. This is a custom loader, as you can probably see. Here's the Twilio integration, uh, Hilton and pay no attention to the zoom integration that you see here that's not really ready and this is a test account so but soon you can see that uh, the Twilio integration you'll need to get this uh, account SID and auth token and then you'll choose which phone number you want to send from once you have this configured you will see new options in your it currently in your SMS I'm sorry your trigger actions widget that you'll be able to uh, send an SMS as a part of send or schedule you can send immediately or schedule an SMS as a possible action to be executed when the trigger is is uh, satisfied and there's there's trigger actions everywhere in the platform from paying an invoice to approving an estimate to signing a proposal signing a contract to logging in for the first time there's everywhere that we can find a place to hang, hang the you know to put a hook that can be activated in any useful and also from you guys you guys are suggesting a lot of useful ones. Yeah, there you go, Hilton. So it's super flexible. That's why we chose that as the very first um, place to put SMS. No, no broadcast feature. That'll have to come later. Uh, what you should know, um, just as some information for you, Hilton, to, to understand. Twilio is is and it should be very strict about the um, <clears throat> sending of SMS, right? So, if people are using Twilio to send SMS willy nilly and you know, just get a big list and spam SMS everywhere, they wouldn't last long as a business. They'd be regulated or something like that. So they're smart and they are they will absolutely shut you down if you don't do everything right. Uh, and the process to get a Twilio account is not exactly a, a end-user friendly type of thing. So what will very, very likely happen in the next few months is we will uh, use Twilio's sub-account feature that we can access by API and essentially build small sub-accounts or build behind-the-scenes sub-accounts for each account, each Sweet Dash account. And we'll then also have a top-up money feature essentially, like a like a um, <clears throat> an expense accounts almost so that you will say you want to put you want to send SMS's through us 
then you load it up with say $20. And then depending on where you're sending the SMS, which country and the cost associated with that country, the API will return to that one costs six cents, that one costs eight cents, that one costs one cent. We will deduct that from your running total. And so essentially you're paying wholesale pricing for the sending of the SMSs. And we don't have to onboard that cost because someone could send a thousand emails, I'm sorry, SMS to uh, Australia, which they're actually quite expensive, I think, sending to Australia. And a few other places are more expensive, but some places are very expensive in a way that we can't say, oh yeah, just send as many SMSs as you want. So the alternative is, is that we'll provide this, this account where you're able to not have a Twilio account, not worry about the billing except for with us, and then you can keep that charged up and sending SMSs all day long. We will take care of the uh, compliance side. We will make sure that uh, all those things are in place and, and, and we're making the best suggestions to you to stay inside and compliant inside the rules and stay compliant. And then in the rare case that someone abuses the system, then their sub-account just gets shut down and all the rest of us uh, good actors, we just move on. And that's the way we can build it in a way that's that we don't have to be the police. We let Twilio do that, uh, but we just pass on, <laughs> we just pass on the uh, enforcement, right? So when they say, hey, this sub-account is causing all kinds of problems, no problem, we just turned it off. And so everything's okay now. Uh, so that's that's what you'll see happen in the future, Hilton. That's n very very likely to be um, pretty quick. Yeah, it's coming soon. And then what what's so cool about that Hilton is what it'll allow us to do is really build out on the SMS side, and it's available to anyone from day one when they start with Sweet Dash. So they start with a Sweet Dash account. They're like, oh, I want to send an SMS. No problem. You need to go through this process, and essentially we'll associate your sub account, we'll make sure we have payment on file, we'll get you get you a phone number through Twilio's API, everything will be step by step and then you'll be prepared at the end of that wizard or whatever that process is, you'll be ready, to, your account's ready to send and you have that, you, your, your balance is topped up and then that's it, that's all you need, just a credit card for anywhere in the world so you don't have to be uh, in, in any country in the world at work and then we can really build two-way conversations around with that. We can build broadcast for you, Hilton, and we can just make sure that you tell us, hey, I have vetted, I've, I've done the proper things, I've let all these people know that I'm gonna be sending them SMSs. If they respond with stop, it's going to stop. We're gonna build all that for you and just tell you how to use it, and it, it'll be as flexible and usable as possible. Yep. Okay, uh, I believe that's the end. Well, no, Brandy, let's see. Brandy has one more question. Let's try Brandy. Okay. When you're in client options, I, I, you saw that you could send a request for a document to Sweet Dash to keep track of that request. Yes, yes, the answer is yes, Brandy. And as I understand what you're saying, let's go there and we will um, make sure. So what I think you're talking about is file request. So now, uh, see how I can send the request if I can start a new one here but I have a list of all the file requests that have been made here and here actually you're seeing the one that is functioning as my public Dropbox this is the one I have embedded on the website and if I go inside that I can see that was one file uploaded by Rick Martin and one file uploaded. these are tests and so I can go inside that here's my file okay or if I want to uh, someone 
say I sent this as a different kind of file request. I sent it to you, Brandy, and then you called me and said, you know what, I didn't get that email or, you know, I didn't, I don't know where to, what to do. I can go over here and I can just click preview file request and it will just open in the next tab. There's the link. That's the link. Now I can grab that link and this is how I embed, we embedded it in the, in the website. Uh, now you can just email this link with your email address or however, or text it to them or whatever way that you really are sure that it's going to get there. Uh, and this will stay open as long as you keep it active and they, they can keep coming that's what's cool about this as well is once they have this they can do they can upload to it multiple times brandy so you can say just go back to that other file request so here's a good example you're doing a website and you need photos right you say i need a lot of photos from you anything you can give me um, here's a dropbox link anytime you have a photo or you need a new photo or social media is another good example if you're running a uh, social media campaign and you like to have your uh, clients send you you know boots on the ground photos of if they sold a house or if they finished a job or whatever they send me those photos send me those photos and sometimes it's too many photos or too much to send by email or just kind of a pain and you got to dig through email and find them no 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 you send them this public Dropbox they can use the same one over and over and over again so I mean you can even bookmark it it's there and they can use it and just constantly send you and each time they send you uh, you will have a new, uh, even if Rick Martin sends another one, it will create a whole another folder for his second send. And so I have, here's one of the ones he uploaded that date, and then here's another one from the other date. Yep. So you can really use it and use it and use it for file requests. Is that what you were asking about, Brandy? I hope so. All right. Brandy, we'll see you next week if, if that wasn't it, and we'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Good. Maybe we'll see you next week anyway. Brandy says yes. Okay, good. We figured it out. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your patience and participation. I hope you to see you as many times as possible. You're welcome to come back anytime to the, to the webinar. It's not a one-time opportunity. You come back anytime you have a question. We'll do our very best to help you um, understand a little bit better. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Great. Great, Brandy. See you later. Nice to meet you.